but we still have that kind of taste and believe moment, right? Like, and so that's the core of our uh, marketing, food and mouth. Get people to try our food, whether we're sampling it at different events, we're hosting company lunches on us, we're doing uh, what we call uh, VG Rookie Days, where we're getting our loyal fans to bring in one of their friends who hasn't really started their plant-based journey and we treat the friend. It's basically our way of doing a uh, uh, buy one, get one free. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. With me is Mr. TK Pilan, and he is the founder and executive chairman of Veggie Grill. And we're going to talk all about the plant-based movement and their menu, which delivers amazing food. And if you go to the website, which I've done, um, I'm very amazed at the mouth-watering choices that this restaurant has. Listen up. We're not only going to talk about the menu and the plant-based movement, what makes this restaurant special, but we'll tackle all the other challenges, such as the labor crisis, pandemic pivots, of course, and what this company is doing to lead the industry forward in a whole new direction. You're not going to want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Restaurant owners and managers, I call this the business of a thousand details. And you've got more important things to worry about than calculating and paying your monthly sales tax on time. Well, that's where Davo comes in. Davo puts sales tax on autopilot for restaurants. Davo uses sales tax data from your point of sale system to set aside the exact amount of sales tax you collect every single day and then files it and pays it when it's due on time for your restaurant every month. Davo takes just five minutes to set up and once it's up and running, you never have to worry about paying sales tax again. Davo costs $49.99 per POS connection per month, and your restaurant can try Davo for the first 30 days free. Davo was created by a successful restaurant chef and owner who knows what's important for your operation. Time is money, and you've got more important things to focus on, like pleasing your guests. You can't put a price on peace of mind. Why not try Davo for the first 30 days at DavoSalesTax.com? Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. These are engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. Really excited today. I'm Mr. TK Pillen, and he is the founder and executive chairman of the largest, most influential vegan vegetarian restaurant company in the U.S. Welcome to the show today, TK. How are you? Uh, Thanks, Roger. Yeah, good to be here. Now that's that's quite something to have this company that is making such a stance towards the plant-based movement. So before we get into all that, I'd really like to know how you came to have this um, executive position with this company and what made you decide to, have you always been plant-based yourself or were you convinced to do this? And tell me about your executive background that led you to found this, this company. Uh, sure. So I had a uh, career uh in technology. I went to MIT and had got an engineering degree, got into the computer systems world, got my MBA and started an e-commerce development firm in the mid nineties. And uh, so that was the first wave of the internet. And, uh, uh, and that company did quite well and uh, was able to sell, sell a piece of it and then uh, step away completely in 2004. And uh, so then I had a blank slate. And so I, uh, started looking at what else I might want to do from a business perspective and uh, 
started uh, honing in on health and wellness and the lack thereof here in the United States and uh, how I could help create a, a business that could be part of the solution. And then that actually led me to what I thought was a fundamental need that was not being met, which uh, I personally was uh, a big consumer, was just going out and trying to find delicious, healthy, convenient food and uh, not being able to, to find it. And uh, uh, for some reason, that really uh, captured my attention. I really thought, hey, restaurants are a big part of American culture, and uh, they and and we need a restaurant that could help people enjoy the food, make it convenient, but also something that uh, uh, they could feel good about eating. And so that really led me to a second level of research, which uh, uh, which is where I discovered the benefits of plant-based. I wasn't a, a vegetarian or a vegan before that. Uh, my mother was, and she was a holistic nutritionist, dietitian, uh, originally from India. So I was always exposed to food as medicine, but uh, growing up as a mainstream American and eating basically a, a mainstream American food uh, and enjoying that overall cultural experience uh, never really uh, occurred to me to think about it never really seemed realistic to be vegetarian or vegan, but then I started diving in, you know, now I'm 37, diving into plant-based as uh, potentially a healthier way to eat and saw some data and research that was just coming out in 2005 and uh, it was compelling. And so I tried it and I had great results. I lost 20 pounds. My cholesterol went from over 200 to under 140. I just got a lot of energy back. I was a college athlete and I was getting back to uh, you know, my, my workouts in the gym and performance was kind of getting, felt like I was getting younger quickly. And so I became a big believer in the benefits of plant-based food and then really thought as I dove into it, you know, it was still kind of a pie in the sky idea of, hey, I'm going to start a restaurant chain uh, without any food and restaurant background. But when I started diving into it, I started visiting uh, some of the early vegan restaurants and saw that the food was pretty good, but, you know, the atmosphere, the overall it's just something uh, that wasn't going to appeal to a mainstream eater. And uh, I thought, hey, there's a big opportunity here if you do it right to take this food that has all these benefits and can taste great when it's prepared the right way and can be convenient if we put it in the right overall uh, uh, atmosphere and ambiance and made it fun, friendly and familiar, we could you know, bring it to mainstream eaters. And so that was, uh, it was a lot of passion uh, and there was a vision and Thought there was an opportunity and a need, and and uh, based on that, luckily brought on some good partners who could help fill in uh, the gaps that I had from an experience standpoint, and uh, we made it happen. You know, that's quite a story, and I think what really resonates is the word mainstream, because you are certainly disrupting the mainstream restaurant industry. You know, sure, there were vegan, vegetarian restaurants before, but not on a grand scale, and it's not the typical way that American diets are geared towards. So, you know, that word disruption really comes up because that's what I see happening here. Let's talk about, you know, the plant-based movement. Yeah, great. I love it. Love uh, how... Uh, how informed you are, and, and that just shows how far the, the movement has come. Uh, back when we started in 2006, we started the first veggie grill. Um, you know, there was this general thought that vegetarian is was better for you, but then there was a big question: Can you get your protein? Does you know? Can it actually satisfy me? So that was. You know, there was kind of the, the early pioneers back then, but very few and far between. There was no Beyond Meat, no Impossible Foods. Uh, um, there was a company called 
Gardein that was just coming to market with a plant-based chicken uh, right when we were starting Veggie Grill. But we were making our own uh, plant-based proteins, tempeh and, and seitan, which uh, is from wheat protein. And so it was really early days. And um, um, and, and, th- and people didn't even think about uh, plant-based or vegetarian in the environment. That data had not really gotten out there, although some there are some early pioneers uh, there's some books that uh, helped start this, I think, overall awareness uh, of the China study by T. Colin Campbell had some pretty compelling data around uh, the prevalent, you know, ha- as societies increase their consumption of meat and dairy, their their rates of heart disease and cancer go up. And that mm. was early data that now has right. been validated um, uh, by f- several other very credible sources. And a lot of doctors, cardiologists now will recommend plant-based diets uh, to their patients who who need to uh, uh, make a make a change, and uh, uh, and then there's some some clear data around um, uh, processed meats and their correlation to increased risk of uh, various cancers, um, and then the environmental side of it. I think around 2010 2011, the UN published a report around uh, uh, you know where you know the. Uh, the livestock industry and, and and their contribution to greenhouse gases, and so that started, you know, you know, in 2006, it, nobody really was talking about it. Now, as you mentioned, everybody, the awareness has really built up, and and there's been some great documentaries, Forks Over Knives, Game Changers, great products that that uh, I mentioned. So between the awareness. You know, the fact that it, it works, right? Like I'm a believer because it worked for me, right? Right, so right, not, yes. It's not, it's not a fad. Nope, nope, nope for right? sure. It, you know, when people really make a change to their diet and eat nutrient-dense plant-based foods and now, and, and you can enjoy yourself too, right? With the, the, the plant-based meats and create the balance that works for you, it works. And, um, and it's become a lot easier and the motivation has become a lot uh more um, uh, uh, the awareness to create that motivation is out there now, right? And 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 the and unfortunately, uh, the problems we have from a climate change standpoint are becoming more, uh, more and more uh, clear. But hopefully, that is going to motivate a change, and uh, it is motivating changes. And so, yeah, we're really happy to be part of that movement and have have started back in 2006. And our goal is to show people how. You don't have to sacrifice anything. You, you can really enjoy yourself, have great food, have classic American comfort food, and uh, do it without uh, these negative effects that uh, the traditional system has created. We're going to talk about all the concepts in a moment, but I had a chance to go to the different websites, and I found that you know I've always thought that great restaurant websites really give the guest an experience before they've actually gone into the restaurant. They can really you know see and taste and feel the ambiance and what the food is going to be like and your your menu and and the photography of the food it just kind of draws you in and it's absolutely tantalizing. Now, what I really want to ask you though is. How do you, um, how are your menu items designed for the flavor profiles and to replace what people are traditionally used to eating with a plant-based diet now or a vegan vegetarian menu item? Like I'm sure you've got a corporate chef that's just really amazing in the R and D process and, and all that kind of stuff, but tell us about the flavor profiles and what people can expect when they eat at any of your concepts, if they've never dined in them before. Yeah. Well, you know, Certainly, um, I think a lot of the listeners out there, and, and I've 
certainly became a, a, a student of the restaurant industry before becoming an actual restaurant uh, founder and executive. And, you know, it starts with being great at something and really focusing on what you're going to be great at and putting all of the effort around finding the right products, preparing them in the right way, understanding what you're trying to get to. And so we're, we were very clear from our early days at Veggie Grill that we're here to uh, help people have their favorite food uh, without sacrifice. And so that really honed us in on, uh, you know, we really lead with the burgers and the crispy chicken sandwich. And sure, we have salads and bowls that are great for the healthier eaters, but mm-hmm. put a lot of effort on how do you take these plant-based proteins and prepare them with the right marinades, right sauces, and uh, and then have them end up being something that people <laughs> take that bite and say, wow, right? <laughs> who knew? that uh, uh, vegan or plant-based food could uh, could taste like this. So everything we do has that end vision and goal in mind. And uh, and yeah, as we all know, you, you can't be great at everything. So all our systems and processes and supply chain and R&D is all focused on finding the best of the plant-based world that uh, allows us to deliver for veggie grill, that American grill experience for stand-up burgers, that classic uh uh, American burger stand experience and for Moss veggies that, uh, you know, the, the craveable burrito and taco experience. That's fantastic. So do you have a certain process for creating new menu items and how do you test these before you actually roll them out in the restaurants? Is there, you know, do you have beta tests? Do you have focus groups with guests that aren't used to this type of diet? Like what's your process there before a new yeah. item actually makes it to a store? Sure. Well, as a 33-unit uh, rest- restaurant um, company, we still aren't, you know, we can move pretty quickly. So we kind of, we still do all, we can't, you know, we can't just throw things on the menu, but we we kind of do everything you mentioned, right? We'll do our own uh, uh, taste testing internally based on uh, our own uh, uh, opinions and uh, palates, but then we will do focus groups and, uh, and then we'll do test items you will know, we'll do ltos for sure but certainly mm. we don't want to put an lto yep. out yep. there without enough testing because for we do have a supply chain uh process now of with course. 33 versus when we first started with the when you could just throw stuff on the menu um so uh yeah we're not you know we don't nearly have that full in-depth process i think the, the larger restaurants group groups have but we're becoming more disciplined because there's a lot more to manage um uh, but yeah, it is pretty entrepreneurial at this point. Do you plan on franchising or maintaining company-owned stores? Yeah, so we have a you know to make the impact we want to make as quickly as we want to make it. Franchising mm-hmm. is a part of it, and that's why we started uh, the new burger concept, Stand Up Burgers, because that's a smaller uh, kitchen, uh, smaller menu, easier mm-hmm. to run and manage, and it makes it a lot easier to franchise. And you can put them in smaller footprints lower CapEx. So we're, uh, we're really excited about that concept. We have three of them right now, two in uh, Chicago, one in Berkeley, getting ready to launch a couple in LA, a couple in New York, and that'll give us that basis to start franchising. So the goal is uh, a year from now to really uh, start looking for franchise partners. Okay. Let's talk about the history of the brands. Now you've got Veggie Grill, you've got Stand Up Burgers, and then you've got Mas Veggie's uh, Vegan Taker- Taqueria. Is that correct? Yeah. And 
these three concepts, obviously, they didn't all roll out at the same time. Tell us about the history of each brand, what they each you know represent in the marketplace, and what differentiates them perhaps from the competition. Not that there's tremendous competition vegan, but you know, restaurants in general that are serving. I mean, there's a million burger joints, there's a million, you know, Mexican taquerias and and you know, taco joints. But again, you're a differentiated product, but you do have competition from non-vegan vegetarian restaurants. Mm-hmm. But tell us about the history of the of each brand. Yeah. So Veggie Grill, the uh, uh the original brand launched in 2006 and uh, has a selection of burgers, sandwiches, salads, and bowls, and uh, is meant to you know be that American Grill broader menu. You could you know you know kind of anybody can get what they want. We have the appetizers uh, with wings and nachos, and um, so it's kind of that classic American Grill experience, and uh, it served us well. It's grown quite. You know we have thirty of them across the country. It it really uh, resonated. Uh, across Southern California, then up 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 to Seattle, Portland, Northern Cal, and and now in uh, Boston and New York as well, and uh, so it uh, it really it you know it it has created everything we have from a over overarching uh, GNA corporate infrastructure, uh, but then you know we you know just like everybody when the when you know we had some innovation plans. But when COVID hit, it forced us to innovate a lot quicker, yes, right? Of and, course. We knew, and we knew we wanted to create a smaller footprint, basically a mini veggie grill for some of the reasons I mentioned earlier to allow us to get to smaller footprints and start working with franchise partners in a more in a in a way that we thought would uh, increase our chance for success. And so as we started looking at them, and we we had to close a few of the veggie grills uh, during the height of COVID, and as we were getting ready to reopen them. We said, well, let's let's reopen them with the mini veggie grill. And as we started looking at that, we started honing in on the burger side of our menu. And uh, and then we said, you know, you know, veggie grill stands for that broader selection, a little bit more of a health halo because you can get your, your healthier salads and bowls and your tempeh and whole plant based food items. Uh, the mini veggie grill is just going to be about burgers and and shakes, and and that's that's a different value proposition, slightly different uh, eating occasion. Um, uh, it's a different concept, right? And so then we decided, okay, it should be its own concept. So that's when we came up with uh, Stand Up Burgers as the brand, and it's mm-hmm. about standing up for the planet, standing up for the future, but also having the freedom to to eat a great burger and have that American burger and shakes experience, and um, and so it allows it, it allows the burger concept stand up to have its own voice and market to a slightly different audience with a slightly different proposition, which is, this isn't about health. It's, we, we think it's healthier, right? It doesn't have cholesterol, doesn't have animal fat. It's certainly healthier for the planet. Um, but it's about enjoyment and just good old fashioned burgers and shakes, but without the animals. So that's stand up burgers. And so we converted three veggie grills into that. And we're really excited about the growth potential of that. Um, and, uh, and then Mas Veggie's Vegan Taqueria was also uh, born out of the innovation through COVID because uh, we had we had always had, you know, one or two burritos on the menu. Uh, but to really build out a, a burritos and tacos section of our menu would take us away from that American Grill uh, uh, concept and experience. And 
Uh, but we, it certainly, it was the same core competencies around, uh, you know, taking these plant-based proteins and preparing them in, in, in these ways that make them really satisfying and flavorful. Uh, uh, but now using some different spices and, 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 and putting them into the burritos and tacos. And so when we saw what was going on with the virtual digital concepts, uh, we said, you know, you know, they're one, the world now could really use a vegan Mexican concept uh, that delivers the best of the plant-based world in, uh, in burritos, tacos, and nachos. We can do that based on our core company ex and expertise of working with the best plant-based proteins and supply chain and the fact that we already had burritos and tacos on our, on our menu. But hey, with a new virtual brand, we can really build out that selection and create a brand that just stands for great vegan Mexican food. And so that's what led to our um, initial excitement around launching uh, Mas Veggie's Vegan Taqueria. Uh, we get very explicit that it's a vegan taqueria because it is a virtual brand. And so it's, you know, everybody searched, like you said, there's a lot of Mexican places and uh, it's just like, and so people are looking for something. And so we're out there for people who, those conscious eaters who said, you know, I, I, I crave Mexican, but, you know, I, I know vegan plant-based is something that I'd like to do. And so that's what Moss Veggies allows you to do, have that great craveable Mexican experience and, uh, but it's all takeout and delivery because we don't want to impinge on the veggie grill uh, dining experience and American grill uh, concept. So that's those are the three of them. They all at the end of the day, it is harder to run three brands. That's that's one of the new muscles we're creating. Uh, but they all have the same purpose, mission and values. Purpose being helping to change American, uh, helping to change American food culture for the better. Uh, the mission to help people begin, advance, and embrace their plant-based food journey and uh, the values around just uh, making a difference. And uh, so they, they all kind of, that's why it works, because they all have the same purpose, mission, values, but now we're slightly different uh, focus areas and, and concepts. I heard a couple of pivots uh, that you had to make, obviously, when COVID became a thing. And obviously, it's devastated much of this industry. I, it sounds to me like your company was pretty well positioned in its offerings and its and how it delivered its offerings to its customers. But tell us about some of the challenges you went through. And you know, you were pretty much in the hot seat when this thing came out of nowhere, and you've got 30-plus locations, and you've got managers and people running these stores, and it's like, suddenly, we got to damage control everything. we got to put a new plan in place. We have no idea what's coming next and what we can do, and different states have different rules and regulations about shutdowns and limiting you know, um, distancing and all that kind of stuff. Tell us about what you went through and how you pivoted and what your biggest challenges were and, and how you've come out of it, because it sounds like you're thriving right now and things are going well. Yeah, it, well, it is hard for sure, because uh, when we have a lot of urban uh, office centered locations and to close to 50 percent of our business was dine in pre-COVID. Um, so, yeah, we got hit hard. And so we had to quickly. You know, I mentioned we closed a few locations because they just we just they weren't worth keeping open because they were so office centered and um, and then we had to um, figure out how to deal with this new reality of most all takeout and delivery and so luckily we 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 already had that muscle we just had to build it up um, and uh, really focus on the takeout and delivery um, and then we we added in that moss it was said hey there via takeout delivery, we can add this new concept. And so right, right. Uh, luckily we, we were able to uh, think through that and launch that quickly. It helps to be 
uh, a little smaller, although you know, some of these big chains were really entrepreneurial too. So I think it's, you know, it's, you got to quickly adapt and face reality. I, I had my own experience when the dot com bubble burst uh, in. Uh, oh, yeah, right, right. So I learned my lessons there that you, you can't blink. You got to face the facts and right. make decisions quickly and control you, what you can control. And so those were kind of the fundamentals we went with. And uh, that also led us to say, hey, let's let's launch the burger concept as we reopen these uh, veggie grills that uh, we closed. So um, I think, uh, you know, fundamentally, it was just, hey, face the facts, control what we can control, make whatever decisions we think are best. We've tried to care for our people as much as possible. At the same time, we had to make tough decisions and make sure we had a, a, a model that allowed us to survive. <laughs> so uh Luckily, we, we did those things and we were, we were able to get to where we are today. A lot of the um, industry is struggling with supply chain issues and rising costs, a lot of protein products, especially. So maybe you're insulated against that. Are you having any supply chain issues or, you know, anything that's just going into the stratosphere in terms of costs or are things pretty stable with plant-based diets and menus? Well, it's certainly, we face uh, a lot of challenges that other restaurants do are, now we do we do have one benefit in the plant-based world is there's a lot more comp a lot more innovation, a lot, lot more products coming to market. So when we first launched Veggie Grill back uh, in uh, in the 2006 through 2000 basically 15, there are only a few suppliers. So it was it, our supply chain was somewhat challenged back then because we we only had a few suppliers. Now there's way more suppliers because of all of this growth of the plant-based movement. So that has helped us. That's helped keep our costs from uh, getting out of control. Uh, but uh, it certainly is a challenge. Supply chain is a challenge for everybody. Labor is a challenge for everybody. You know, the one challenge we don't have is spoilage. Plant-based doesn't spoil those proteins. So nice that point. That's uh, great. That's great. But, uh, but yeah, we yeah. So yeah, we we've been a little bit uh, uh, buff buffered uh, based on this increased supply of new companies coming to market. Now, you mentioned also the labor crisis, which is now the biggest challenge that operators are facing, of course. First, it's the pandemic. You think just when that is sort of coming to an end, even though it's not come to an end, now the labor crisis is huge. Are you um, having any challenges there? What are some of the best practices that your stores have put in place to retain, maybe motivate key staff, find new staff, that sort of thing? Yeah, well, um, I think one of the things we do have and continue to focus on is we are a purpose-driven company. And uh, so we have probably close to 50% of our team is really pretty passionate about plant-based and that's why they're, they're here. And uh, so, you know, they, we, obviously we have to pay them, uh, pay them uh, well enough. And when I say, well, I mean, you know, we try to take care of them as much as we can within our economic model. Um, uh, and certainly uh, we face the same challenges all restaurants do that, you know, certain People just aren't looking at the restaurant industry as someplace they want to work these days. But uh, we have been able to retain, uh, I think, a, a good percentage of our, our team members because they, they enjoy what they're doing. They believe in what they're doing. And uh, we continue to try and help. Uh, it's not a requirement to be vegan or vegetarian to work at Veggie Grow, but we do try to help people uh, see the benefits of it and, and be proud of what they're doing and help them. Uh, start their own plant-based journey because that's what we're about as a brand. We're not about, hey, you have to be vegan, vegetarian, and you should do this. We're about, hey, try this. It's great. You'll love it. And and then there's a lot of other 
uh, I think, uh, great people and organizations out there helping to educate people about why maybe they should think about doing it more often. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit to consistency. You know, um, every once in a while, I watch that show, The Undercover Boss, you know, where someone who's a CEO of a big organization sort of infiltrates a single location under pretense of, I'm going to work here as a dishwasher, I'm going to, you know, bust tables, whatever it is. And he finds out the ins and outs of the company. You know, we've all seen that show. How do you maintain consistency? And what's your, your, process of, I'm sure you travel quite a bit because again, there's 30 locations. You've got a team, of course, but just curiosity being what it is, you stop into your different locations, sometimes announced, sometimes unannounced. Like, how does that go? And, you know, are people, you know, taken aback when they see you or are you just sort of a, you know, calm, cool guy that says, Hey, this is great. This is great. Did you think about doing this? Like, what's your process? Yeah. Well, what do you it, see? It is, yeah, we try and get as many inputs as we can, and we're trying to get yeah. better and better at getting those inputs because uh, there's a lot of restaurant companies that have grown a lot bigger than us that have gotten a lot, you know, have their process. And so we're out there trying to learn how we can continue to get better. There's mm-hmm. you know, certainly a lot of tools out there that help capture social chatter and help you, you know, quickly see what people are saying on uh, via the digital realm. We're trying to get better at uh, feedback from our guests and, and, and link that in a little bit more effective way to give our guests more incentives to give us the feedback we need to make sure we're delivering. Um, so people are monitoring all those sources right now as much as we can and then doing our own visits for sure. And uh, um, and so it's an art, right? It's an art for yeah. sure. And uh, um, so I'd say we don't do anything anybody else doesn't do. It's just a matter of trying to continue to make sure you're doing enough of it and uh, uh, and then making sure you're quickly addressing, hey, yeah, we're, yeah there's an issue here. And then where's that issue uh, stemming and how do we quickly correct it? Is it a system issue? Is it a, a person issue? And then quickly going after it. So there's definitely a percentage of the dining public out there that have already embraced this plant-based movement. And that's what they're all about. But it's not, you know, the majority of the eaters out there. And marketing, of course, is all about new and repeat business. So let's talk about how you get new people to try your concepts if they're not vegan or vegetarian or have even tried a plant-based burger or any of the food items. And then what's the what would you say the conversion is? What's their initial reaction when they try it? Because it certainly looks delicious. It certainly looks amazing. We talked about the flavor profiles and how you've added marinades and sauces and all these types of things. And, you know, tell us about that. The, the first initial reaction of someone who's never used to this type of eating. Mm-hmm. And then how, how often will they come back and will you convert them? And will they sort of take a stance against these things? You know, do you convince them this is the way to go? Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, so I, what we, you know, we've had a lot, I've had a lot of data points over the years, and certainly times have changed. Uh, um, but we still have that kind of taste and believe moment, right? Like, and so that's the mm-hmm. core of our uh, marketing: food and mouth. Get people to try our food, whether we're sampling it at different events, we're hosting company lunches on us, we're doing. Uh, what we call uh, VG Rookie Days, where we're getting our loyal fans to bring in one of their friends who hasn't really started their plant-based journey, and we treat the friend. It's basically our way of doing a uh, uh, buy one, get one free, but doing yeah. it with a purpose. It's an and, intro, uh, sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's all about food and mouth and getting people to try our food because uh, 
Um, a lot of people just don't think it's going to satisfy them. And so we have that opportunity to show people, hey, this, this food actually is going to satisfy you and it's great. And so when you talk about converting, I think, you know, those people, it depends where they're coming from, but those people who just haven't, didn't even think about it, were opening their minds and they're like, oh, wow, okay, I could do this. And then, so now we open their minds and they start doing it more often. Um, and then I, I don't think we're necessarily making them into vegetarians or vegans, but we're certainly opening their minds. And then maybe a few years later, they might think about, hey, you know, for whatever reason, I'm going to do this more. Uh, but then there's the other group that has had some sort of wake up call, right? Whether it's, you know, probably a medical sure. is usually the, the biggest wake up call. Right, right. I need to change like my diet. With, well, how, you know, how do I do this? And then they come to Veggie Grill and like, okay, I can do it. Right. Like they, like we, we had a lot of people saying, wow, we, you know, Veggie Grill really helps me stick to a plant-based diet. Because one, I know I can get a lot of great uh, uh, whole food plant-based options, but I can also uh, have that uh, craving. I can satisfy that craving and still stick to plant-based. And um, so that's kind of, you know, to me, those are the two spectrums that we, we hit. The retail industry, clothing comes to mind. You go into any shopping mall and some of these bigger clothing chains have sort of consumer behavior dialed and they've got music that has been proven to increase spending and they, they pump fragrances into the air that relax people and get them to open their wallets, that kind of thing. That's a whole marketing strategy. Now I'm seeing behind you, there's a message to craft food that's good for our lives and our future, which sounds to me like a mission statement. Tell me about the ambiance of your stores and is the whole movement kind of part of the ambiance? Are there messages like that on the walls? Are there like green leaves? Like, tell us about that. And is there a, is there a plan or a design to, you know, convert people and say, Hey, this really is good for you. This is good for the planet. This is our mission. It, we hope it's your mission. I hope you love the food, but we really hope you come back and we hope to change your lives in a positive way. Like that's what I'm getting from your concept. Is there a marketing angle behind that? Or is that part of the ambience or just describe the, you know, the overall atmosphere of the stores in general? Yeah. So it's certainly been uh, something we has been an ongoing uh, balance for us because uh, I learned early on when I became a plant-based eater uh, and started telling other people about the benefits. Uh, don't tell people what to eat. <laughs> it's just, that's not a good way to, uh, that's a good way to end the conversation. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> good point. So, Thank you for uh, sharing. Yeah. So we try to, yeah. So we really focus on the enjoyment of it. And we're really leaning into a new, our, mm -hmm. our new marketing. It's going to be focused on, uh, or messaging. It's going to be focused on uh, plant-based party. And we're throwing a plant-based party and we're inviting everybody to come and enjoy. And um, and so why they want to be at that plant-based party, you know, there's certainly a lot of compelling reasons around um, what you just mentioned. And so we will, you know, through our website and, and maybe through some of our supporting messages and the about us, talk about why we're throwing this plant-based party and why we feel great about it and why, you know, we thank you for being here. But first and foremost, this is about enjoyment, satisfaction. And uh, just the place you're gonna you're gonna want to be, and uh, it's almost like a Tesla. That's kind of the analogy we have. Mm -hmm. Like, that makes it's an electric car, but it's a great car. Right? Yeah, so right. We're here to throw a great party with great food and great hospitality, and um, and then by the way, it, it happens to be plant based. 
Now, your company donates to community and environmental causes, which obviously is a benefit to the to you know to the planet, to people, and it's also sending a message to people that care about causes. You know, not only is this good food for you, but we also care about the bigger picture. It's not just about profits. Want to tell us about you know your community minded environmental giving? Yeah, yeah, we want to walk the walk for sure. Right, a lot of. Restaurants really, uh, you know, they, they focus on certain uh, groups that they want to support. And uh, we're here to help uh, create a healthier future. And uh, so we want to support. There's some great uh, organizations that have done a lot of effort around raising awareness and helping give people those vehicles to support, uh, whether it's a better environment, whether it's better treatment of animals, uh, both. Uh, and so we want to work with them because we have the same mission, we have the same values, and so uh, it's our way to walk the walk and uh, and really continue to cement who we are as a brand and a concept. Now, I've always believed that you have to stay relevant, and survival of the fittest, of course, means more now than ever, especially during COVID and the labor crisis. And like we talked about, you know, the industry's been devastated, and those that are still standing have really had to dig deep and rediscover the passion of why they get into this business in the first place. But then there's that whole technology side of things, where technology has really driven these restaurants to to get out of you know the doldrums and to move towards greater successes. What technology has been really important to you? I noticed you've got a digital app. You've obviously embraced online ordering, which is crucial right now. Um, are you using third-party third delivery services as well? Do you have your own delivery systems? Like what technology has been really of primary importance to your company? Yeah. I mean, we're like, I think every other uh, restaurant company, we have to quickly adapt to this new world and in in digital. And so uh, we certainly are, uh, have a good uh, following on our app. And that certainly has a lot of efficiency benefits and uh, and CRM uh, applications. So we're trying to get better and better at that. So that's a big initiative for us. Delivery certainly has been a big piece of our mix. So we got to continue to optimize our delivery channel um, and uh, continue to optimize our social and web channels because that's our main, you know, and the easiest and most uh, uh, current way to communicate. So we, we continue to uh, make sure we're communicating in the right way and leveraging those different channels in the right way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly a, a big part of a big part of the game these days. You talked about the buy one, get one and introducing new people and friends to your concepts, but you also have a loyalty program. So I'm sure our audience would love to hear about, you know, how that works because loyalty and repeat business is everything today, not just serving somebody one time and never seeing them again. It's like, you want to get them back again and again. And obviously loyalty is, is driving that. How does your loyalty program work? Yeah, well, we, we give people points. You earn points when you anytime you use your app, uh, you you automatically get points. Or you can, if you're not using your app, you can scan uh, your receipt to get those points. So we may try to make it as easy as possible for our loyal guests to get get those points. And then as they add up, you get your uh, you, you get your free entrees and your free desserts. And uh, and I think we're going to continue to look for additional ways to create those uh, rewards. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a matter. It's, it's similar to a lot of, a lot of concepts. It's, we got to just keep making, making things easier and easier for our guests who want to, want to be part of our, uh, want to support us to make, make it easy and then give them the, uh, the reward and show them the love. That's fantastic. We've covered a lot of ground today, TK. Is there anything I've missed that you want to tell the world at large, either about plant-based, about your concepts? 
Um, a lot, sure. <laughs> um, but I think we um, we try to continue to, I'd say, open minds, right? Hey, you don't think you can eat plant-based? Give it a try, right? Give it a try. And, uh, um, and then, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? That's another one of our, like, um, you know, hey, we're shooting for a world where a lot of people are eating mostly vegan, right? That doesn't mean they have to be vegan, but that's like, mm-hmm. hey, it's going to be more of what they do and, and then they'll save, uh, you know, some of the animal-based uh, occasions for special occasions, right? And uh, it all adds up, right? It all adds up to what what's happening with uh, the environment and it all adds up to supporting the plant-based movement and allowing those companies to grow and uh, so yeah, that's you know we're about conscious capital capitalism and business is a is the most powerful uh, uh, change mechanism. So we're trying to really uh, do this through through business and how the more we succeed and more other plant based companies succeed, the more impact we can have and the better we can get. And so just encourage everybody to try to help be part of this movement. You know, you don't have to be vegan or vegetarian, but the more you could help support plant-based meals and eating and companies, uh, the better. Our audience is pretty diverse. I mean, we have independent operators out there. We've got general managers. We've got franchise companies. We've got franchisees. We've got servers. I mean, it's a pretty broad-based audience. But what is your best advice to those people that are in this industry? And everyone's been beaten up pretty bad and bright days are ahead. But what would you tell people if they're still open, if they're still operating? I mean, you got to dig deep, of course, but what's your best advice to people out there that are in this business, just trying to get past all the challenges that we've been facing for, you know, to realize the successes that are ahead? Yeah, I say deep breaths every morning, take some deep breaths and put everything in perspective and, um, understand uh, where you're trying to get to and one one breath and one step at a time to get there. I really appreciate you being with us, TK. So your URLs are standupburgers.com, eatmasveggies.com, and veggiegrill.com. I'm going to put all those URLs in the show notes for this episode, but if our listeners um, are intrigued by this episode, we hope you'll visit some of these locations and maybe even thinking about putting some plant-based um, meals on your own menus. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, folks. We really appreciate you tuning in. Everybody stay well, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much, TK, for being a great guest on the podcast and sharing your concept and your operating philosophy with us. Thank you so much to the sponsors of this week's episode, Devo and the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. And thanks again to our audience, as always, for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Please leave us a question because we love answering those. And we'll see you in the next episode. Stay tuned. People go to restaurants for lots of reasons. What the customer doesn't know is the thousands of details it takes to run a great restaurant. This is a high-risk, high-fail business. It's a treacherous road, and smart operators need a professional guide. I'm Roger. I've started many highly successful, high-profit restaurants. I'm passionate about helping other owners and managers not just succeed, but knock it out of the park. You don't just want to run a restaurant. You want to dominate your competition and create a lasting legacy. Join the Academy, and I'll show you how it's done. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.